Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. The Lord's work, it's not my work. I'm reminded that, yeah, though there come times that are hard and difficult in the midst of it, God is doing a work that many times you can't see, even, even in this realm. You know what? That's the same thing in every one of our lives. And believe me, that's not the biggest struggle that, I, that we have in our lives, I have in my life. But for the struggles that we have in life, sometimes it seems like it's an eternal August in the desert with no hope of bloom, no hope of rain. My beloved, the promises of God are sure. The promises of God are sure. In the last several broadcasts, we've been learning more about Advent. Each broadcast, Pastor David has featured a certain element of Advent and how it impacts us. The promise of the Lord's return is one that we need to keep ever-present in our minds. And the Christmas season is one that helps us do just that. When we stop and think about how Jesus made his way to us here on earth, through the virgin birth in a manger, heralded by a star, it's easy to see his return even more clearly. Now here's Pastor David with part two of today's message, Merry Christmas, Maranatha. prophet Isaiah, again, drawn by the Holy Spirit, he uses some very descriptive language. Look there in verse 2. He says, the, what, indignation of Jehovah is against all nations. His fury is against all of their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has given them over to slaughter. That's some pretty powerful words. That ought to get your attention if you're not a friend of God. But look, he goes on, verse 2, or verse 3, I'm sorry. He says, their stench shall rise from their corpses. Not a pretty picture. And the mountains shall be melted with their blood. What does he mean, melted with their blood? It's kind of like a candle when the wax kind of drips over the edges of it. The blood of these nations is going to be dripping over the edges of these mountains. Down in verse 8. For it's the day of the Lord's what, church? Vengeance. It's the year of recompense or or a payback for the cause of Zion. Verse 9. Its land shall become burning pitch. You ever smell tar burning? Oh, man, it's just horrible. Verse 10, it shall not be quenched night or day. Its smoke shall ascend forever from generation to generation. It shall lie waste. No one shall pass through it forever and ever. Now, although most of that prophecy is pointed toward the nation of Edom, the overall aspect of it and the full prophetic aspect of it is upon all nations 
who reject the call of Jehovah in their lives. When they reject him, again, the Lord in that day, when he comes, he'll bring vengeance. That's not a pretty picture. And about this time, you ought to be asking me, Pastor, this is supposed to be a message about joy. And none of that sounds like joy. But the fact is, is we can't really understand good news until we know bad news. We need to understand, no, this, 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 is the, this is the possibility. This is what's surrounding the world. This is what's prepared for the world. Oh, but good news. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. And for those who know him, that's going to be the joy. That's going to be the glory. That's going to be the expression of the greatness and the majesty of God, not the vengeance of God. If they know him, they receive the blessings of God. Again, understanding and knowing and fully appreciating the joy of his blessings. And though the picture is a bad one, outside the will and the blessings of Jehovah, you and I need to realize that man is in an absolutely desperate situation. Mankind is lost in their sin and in their transgression. The future holds a severe judgment as the wrath of God falls upon the disobedience of sinful man. And yet for those who cry out to God for forgiveness, who come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, we find that we have hope for the future. And beloved, that's where the joy comes from. That even in the midst of all the garbage that's going on now, there is a greater glory that awaits us. This is where now Isaiah moves from the wrath of God into the blessings of God of chapter 35. In Isaiah 35, look what he says in verse 1. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, and the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellency of our God. And you know what? I, I don't think that you can really and truly fully appreciate spring in the desert when all the flowers are blooming, and it's so absolutely drop-dead gorgeous around here. I mean, the, the colors of Picacho Peak are on fire on those great years when we've gotten enough rain and all, all the blooming of, the, of, the, of just out, out in the desert place, blooming with beautiful, beautiful flowers. I don't believe that you can fully appreciate that unless you've lived here during the death and the wasteland of summer. You've, you've got to see summer here before you can fully appreciate. I know those that come here, you know, just during a particular part of time, oh, this is such a beautiful place. And believe me, this is Chamber of Commerce weather that we're having right now. There's no doubt about that. But the great beauty of this place is the comparison of the death and the devastation of the desert during the summer and the beauty of the spring that's here. Again, it's at that point, rains come and death gives way to life. Uh, the rains come and seeds that we thought to be absolutely non-existent suddenly spring up with all these, this, this beautiful floral, uh, flora and, and the blooms that are going. What was filled with death is very suddenly made alive. And beloved, that's an occasion for joy. That's, that's, that's a reason for celebration. This was a similar anticipation for the Lord's faithful. 
in the midst of, of, of his threatened wrath of chapter 34, the hope of his promise gave optimism and confidence to those whose trust was in him. It says that the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the excellence of our God. All of that because it would be fulfilled just as Jehovah had declared through his prophets. The promise goes on. Look at verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands. Make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance and with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. That's an interesting thought right there. This whole idea of the recompense and the payback of God. In ignorance, in absolute ignorance, way too many people relegate Jehovah, God Almighty, as that uh, loving, daughting grandfather type. Oh, these are just my children. I love being around them. And God is just, yes, God is good. He's good all the time. We know that. But at the same time, in the midst of his goodness, is also his righteousness, his holiness, and yes, eventually his judgment. All of these things are true. They ignore the fact that in his holiness and in his righteousness, there needs to be judgment for unrighteousness. Those that love him these words actually become words of security. They become words of blessing. Oh, be strong, don't fear. He will come and save you for those that trust him, for those that love him. Maranatha, the Lord comes. That's the hope and the promise for us. But for those that reject him, these are the words that should bring fear and, 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 and repentance. Because he says God is coming with vengeance. He's coming with the payback of God. His promise to the redeemed continues. Look at verse 5. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for water shall burst forth in the wilderness, streams in the desert. Boy, we're looking for that here in Casa Grande. Amen? The parched ground shall become a pool, the thirsty land, sprinkles of waters in the habitat of coyotes, how's that? Jackals, um, which, which, which each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes, and a highway is going to be there, and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The, the unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy shall be... No, if you know that song, but uh, anyway, uh, apparently only nobody does. Uh, with everlasting joy on their heads, they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. It's a great song. You ought to learn it. Uh, just as the shepherds there on that night, they heard the good news. They heard the good news of the coming of Messiah on that night so, so long ago. The reminder, the fulfillness, the fulfillment of, of, of the prophetic message. And that brought to them great joy. It filled their hearts with joy. 
not only would they have remembered the words of Isaiah 35, but they would have probably also been familiar with these words here in Psalm 146. Psalm 146 we read earlier too. In Psalm 146 we read these words beginning in verse 5. He says, Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for help, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He relieves the fatherless and widow by the way of the, but the way of the wicked he turns upside down. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations. Praise the Lord. And to that I say, Maranatha, the Lord is coming. He is coming, and you and I need to be filled with that expectation. Can you imagine the hearts of these shepherds again as they heard the words of the angels that night, and they began to recall the words of all the prophets, not just Isaiah, but all the prophets that declared all the hope and the promise that was going to come with Messiah. The joy would have overwhelmed them. Of course, that's after the fear of that angel being there got got over, they got over that, but uh, the joy would have overwhelmed them. The words found in Isaiah 35 and and Psalm 146, again, they they remind us of the words of comfort that Jesus gave to John the Baptist. Remember, John, during his darkest hours, during the roughest time in his entire ministry, he's in prison. He's facing literally a a, a death sentence. Remember, he, he sent his disciples to speak to Jesus. Jesus wanted to know, wanted John to know, that even in the midst of that current situation, as dreadful as it was, as nearly impossible to bear as it was, Jesus wanted John to know that God is still in control. God is working his plan out. God is working his purposes out all within his timing. We didn't read it, but in Luke chapter 17, we read this as we were going through the gospel of Luke. But in Luke 17, these words we read, John calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus saying, are you the coming one or should we look for another? We spoke a little bit about this last week. Jesus answered and said to him, go and tell John the things that you've seen and heard that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. John, along with a multitude of others during that time, they were looking for, they were anticipating the coming of the Lord. But they were expecting, they were anticipating his coming with power and with might and with majesty. They were ready for him to come and execute justice on the oppressed, to to give freedom to the prisoners. But the problem is, is John was still in prison. Lord, you say you're coming to set the prisoners free, but I'm in prison. Are you the one? Or should we be looking for a second one, another to come? Beloved, sometimes it's hard to hold on to the promises of the future when we're standing in the present. Particularly when in the midst of the present, there's struggles, there's battles. When that happens, sometimes it's so hard to remember. 
that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Beloved, we've got to get to that point where we purposefully recognize that. We purposefully declare that in the midst of the struggles. No, I'm not going to let this overwhelm me. This is not eternity. It may feel like eternity at times, but this is not eternity. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The promise of God is sure when he says that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, we're not gonna, we're, we will be able to see the glory of the Lord. We'll be able to see the excellency of our God. We know for certain that our God will come. He will redeem us, just as the Scripture said this morning. We need to walk in the fullness of the truth that's found in the Word of God, not in the temporary situations we find ourselves. And again, as the Word says, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Let's face the reality here a little bit this morning. I'm not oblivious to the reality that every one of us stand in. The first advent of Christ, it didn't bring about the fullness of the prophetic message. It didn't do everything that was promised. Because we look around us and we realize, no, the, the world is still a very hard place. There are still those within this world who are blind or they're deaf or they're lame. There's still ravenous beasts that come along seeking to devour the humble and the righteous. You don't have to go very far to find the hungry or the oppressed or the prisoners that are still among us. Some with steel bars on the outside, some with spiritual bars that are only seen on the inside. We still have the fatherless, we still have the widow, still need to be relieved. And beloved, this is still a desert place. In this desert place, it's hard to remember the blossoms of spring when you're currently experiencing that drought and the heat of summer. In our 25 years here in pastoring here in Casa Grande, probably most of you don't realize this, but during that 25 years, I've resigned a couple of dozen times, okay? At least in my mind, okay? And it usually happens in August, and uh, usually on a Monday, okay? But then I'm reminded, no, it's, it's the Lord's work. It's not my work. I'm reminded that, yeah, though there come times that are hard and difficult in the midst of it, God is doing a work that many times you can't see, even, even in this realm. You know what? That's the same thing in every one of our lives, and believe me, that's not the biggest struggle that, I, that we have in our lives, I have in my life. But for the struggles that we have in life, sometimes it seems like it's an eternal August in the desert with no hope of bloom, no hope of rain. My beloved, the promises of God are sure. The promises of God are sure. I don't do this very often, but can you repeat that with me? The promises of God are sure. Okay, you've made it from here in your head to your vocal cords. Now the thing is, is you need to go about 10 more inches down or so and to make sure it's in your heart. To understand and know the promises of God are sure because in the midst of the summer, in the midst of the struggle, in the midst of the attack, the enemy's going to try and rob that from you. And that's when you need to declare out loud, Maranatha, 
the Lord is coming. Even in the midst of the distress, the Lord is always faithful. That's the word for all of us on this journey that's called faith. Whatever you're going through, you need to realize it's, it's just a season. But there is a time coming soon when the Lord Jesus will return. Maranatha, the Lord comes. The last verse I want to look at real quick is James 5. We looked at it this morning. We read through it this morning. But if you have your Bibles there, look with me again. James 5. And just two verses there I want to look at. In James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, James writes to a church that's going through persecution like you and I don't know. We, we've never experienced that kind of persecution. We have no idea what it's like to have our, 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 our home and our family ripped out from us because we stand for Christ. We have no idea what it means to be imprisoned with our life threatened or maybe even taken or being, being beaten or, or punished severely because of our stand for Christ. But the recipients of the letter of James understood that completely. And James tells them in James chapter 5, verse 7, he says, therefore, be patient. Be patient. Be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Well, do you see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth? He waits patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts. Why? Because the coming of the Lord is at hand. The coming of the Lord is at hand. And beloved, just as sure as it was a first advent, this is the promise and the hope of the second advent. That's the reason we can declare Maranatha, the Lord is coming. Oh, in this season right now, we, we, we declare Merry Christmas. I mean, that's the greeting that's offered. We celebrate that. We, we celebrate and we appreciate the reality and the truth of the first advent of Jesus. But the greeting also for those that long for his return also ought to be Maranatha, the Lord comes. And beloved, that's vital for the encouragement of you and I as believers. Merry Christmas, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Joy to, uh, or the joy of the Lord has come into our hearts. But Maranatha, the Lord comes. And we await the completion and the fulfillment of his plans and his purposes within our hearts and upon all of his creation. As I said at the beginning, God chose shepherds, ordinary people, for the first advent. And he's still choosing ordinary people. Across generations, from the youngest to the oldest, across lines of ethnicity, it doesn't matter, because God came for every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every tongue, even Tagalog, for all of them particularly for. Amen, amen, amen. And he calls for every tribe, every tongue, every nation to be those evangelists, to declare the truth. Yeah, Merry Christmas. The Lord came. His first advent is so true. It changed the world. But you know what? His second advent is coming soon, and it'll change all of creation.
Jesus was the long-foretold Savior who many believed would conquer the physical world and reign as King. But his inconspicuous arrival didn't lend itself to that at all. Jesus came into the world as an innocent and tiny baby. While he did grow up to conquer an enemy, it wasn't who the world expected. Jesus took on the greatest enemy of all, the creator of evil and sin. As we continue to study the events surrounding the beginning of Jesus' life here on earth, we hope you see him in a new way and allow him to change you from the inside out. If Pastor David's message today on the open word has been a blessing to you, we'd like to hear from you. Give us a call at 520-836-9676. That's 520-836-9676. This Christmas, we'd like to encourage you to take some time to invest in a community of believers. If you haven't yet found a church and you're in the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has a special invitation for you. Hey, thanks, Chris. This is Pastor David, and if you haven't found a church and you're in the Casa Grande area, please accept this special invitation to you. I'd love to meet you in person here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande as our community of believers comes together every week to support each other, to pray for each other, and to spend time learning from the Bible. I hope you have the opportunity to join us for this celebration of our Savior. Please come and find me, introduce yourself, and consider yourself invited. Merry Christmas, and may the fullness of Christ direct you for this coming new year. You'll find more information about Calvary Chapel Casa Grande at theopenword.com. That's all we have for today. Join Pastor David for another teaching from God's Word right here on The Open Word. Make us more.